Hello, and welcome to this episode of Capital Chat. I'm Taylor McGill, ISB's new advocacy and digital media specialist. I'll be your host both today and in future episodes. This past Friday, March 3rd, was the first final deadline of the 2023 legislative session, meaning bills that did not pass a committee in one chamber, either the House or Senate, will not advance this year. There are, of course, exceptions for appropriations and ways and means bills, which are essentially bills relating to taxing or spending. I'm joined today by two members of our government relations team, Michelle Johnson and Emily Piper, who are here to bring us up to speed on what survived funnel, what didn't, and what we should focus our advocacy efforts on as the session continues. So let's go ahead and get started. Emily, what bills that we are most excited about and supportive of survived this first month? Thanks, Taylor. It's somewhat tough to come up with a, a list of bills that we're really super excited about. I mean, as you well know, this has been kind of a rough session on public education issues, but there are a few shining stars out there. And I'm not going to talk about bill numbers. I'm going to talk about just the issues because bill numbers can change and, and it can be confusing for the average viewer to keep up with. So first, the House has a bill that will strengthen and improve shared operational sharing incentives. It does two main things. Number one, it lifts the cap, uh, current cap at 21 to 25. And number two, it raises back up the per pupil count from four to five and from two to three. Those were both lowered uh, five years ago when we extended shared operational incentives. So that's, that is a good sign. We're also seeing some significant movement on how we can more centrally file all of the required public notices and reduce the cost and the burden to school districts and other public entities who have to do that. This is a bill that Senator Knoyer has in the Senate that would set up a online filing system uh, through the Secretary of State with a very minimal fee. So we're really excited to see some movement on trying to address the cost to taxpayers for filing those public notices but still maintaining the openness and transparency that we support. Then there's two other bills. One is the governor's bill on chapter 12. That's really the accreditation standards that has a number of things in it that we are very supportive of, including a little more flexibility at the local level in terms of hiring librarians, eliminating some of the graduation requirements, and eliminating a lot of the duplicative and burdensome reporting that are required currently for your comprehensive school improvement plan. It doesn't eliminate the, the need to have a plan. It just really centralizes and reduces the reporting requirements. And finally, we have a bill that we've worked on for the last several years that includes a number of provisions that are important to school districts. None of them earth shattering, but things like allowing the use of electronic signatures, creating a health work group within the DE to take a look at all the healthcare trainings that teachers and staff are required to take to figure out if they're is a better way to accomplish the same goal. And finally, it does take care of moving language from a chapter that's being repealed, 423E, which is the original SAVE chapter, and making sure that that bonding authority and the ability to issue revenue bonds ex continues to exist for school districts to use the SAVE revenue. All right, great. Thank you, Emily. Now, Surviving Funnel is a great start. However, it does not guarantee a bill's final passage. So, Michelle, which bills need our advocacy to ensure that they continue to move forward throughout the legislative process? Right. You are correct, Taylor. So bills did pass the funnel week. They survived this far, but that does not mean they'll make it all the way to the end. So there are a couple bills that we would encourage you to keep advocating on. As Emily said, the good bills are few and far between, but the ones that are good, we would really encourage you to advocate on. 
So there is a bill to expand the teacher intern program in Iowa. This would help with the teacher shortage. It's a streamlined process. It would get qualified teacher candidates into your classrooms a lot faster. Also included in that bill, it would allow you to spend money from your management fund on teacher recruitment and retention incentives, which we know is key in keeping those good teachers and also recruiting good new teachers to your districts. Unfortunately, you would have to choose between those recruitment and retention incentives or an early retirement program in your district. You couldn't spend the funds on both. But overall, it's a great bill, and we would definitely encourage you to advocate for that one. Additionally, Emily mentioned operational sharing incentives. That's a great way for a lot of districts to have positions that they might not be able to without those sharing incentives. As Emily said, the cap has been raised to 25 from the current 21. So that would allow you to maybe have another position, share another position. Additionally, the special ed director has been raised to a rating of five pupils, which kind of corresponds with their workload. So those are the two big ones I would encourage you to advocate on as we go forward. Great. Thank you, Michelle. So of course, bills that we oppose are bound to survive the first funnel. So Emily, can you give us a rundown of bills that we are still actively fighting against post one week. Well, thanks, Taylor. I, I would like to clarify, maybe not always actively fighting against, but also there are bills that we're opposed to that we're seeking to address our concerns. And in that category, I'm going to put all of the discussion that's going on with respect to transparency and the right of parents to know what is going on in their child's school district with respect to library books and instructional materials. We, of course, support transparency, but we do have some concerns with Senate File 496, which is the governor's proposal that is in the Senate. And then there's a whole host of individual bills in the House that do some of the same things. We're a little bit more comfortable with the direction those are going. So we're, con we're going to continue to work on that. Obviously, districts are already doing a lot of the things that are being required. It's just the mechanisms and the manner in which districts have to do it that has us concerned, particularly in the governor's bill. We're also actively fighting against a gun bill. It seems like every session we have gun bills. And this year's gun bill, their bills in both the House and the Senate, really does two things. Number one, it, it takes away the ability of the district to say, no, you can't have a loaded weapon in your vehicle while it's on school parking lot or driveways. But more importantly, it says that an insurer in Iowa cannot deny liability coverage to a school district who decides to provide guns to employees other than the school resource officer. And that's a huge concern because we know that that cost could be very, very high and it will fall back on property taxpayers. So we are working to try to stop those gun bills or at least remove the school portions from the bill. And then there's a, a bill that's going to require in the House that would require 30 minutes of public comment at every special and regular board meeting. And we know boards are already providing public comment at regular board meetings, but we're concerned about adding that requirement to special board meetings, which oftentimes are a 10-minute meeting to approve a new contract or to go into closed session to discuss a student or personnel matter. So that bill in the House, we are continuing to say is not workable and is actually going to create more problems for districts. Let's focus on how we can improve the public comment period that we already provide through our regularly scheduled board meetings. Right. Great. Thank you, Emily. So, Michelle, are there any bills that died in funnel this week that we are relieved to no longer worry about going forward? So, unfortunately, there are not a lot of the bills that we are strongly opposed to that did not survive the funnel. Most of them did. I will just give you a funny anecdote, Bill. There was a bill to require butter to be served in schools instead of margarine. That one did not survive funnel week. So I guess there's maybe some 
lighthearted moments at the Capitol, but otherwise most of the stuff we're fighting against, as Emily mentioned, is still alive. All right. And lastly, Emily, were there any bills that we were registered in support of that did not survive the funnel? And then if so, how can we make those bills a priority for legislators in the future? So unfortunately, one of our top priorities preschool, which was to provide full weighting for those preschool students who are at 180% or lower of the federal poverty level, failed to come out of house education, even though it had the support of the majority of the House Republican Caucus on the Education Committee. That was a huge disappointment last week and one that we're not yet ready to give up on. So I'm going to talk about what you can be doing now to help us revive that. as we work kind of a different strategy on preschool. And that is to talk to your members of of the Republican caucus in the House and explain to them how much this would help you reach out and get those students into an early literacy program and to benefit from the four-year-old preschool if we can provide them with an all-day preschool option. So that's one that I'd say don't give up on yet. Continue to talk to your legislators. Talk to them about what you've seen with respect to achievement gaps for kids that have gone through preschool and those kids who haven't, and help them understand why it's so hard to get some of those children that are the most likely to benefit from the statewide voluntary preschool program into that program so that they have a better chance of success moving forward. Great. Wonderful. Thank you, Emily. So as you might expect, it was a hectic week here at the legislature. So a huge thank you to both Emily and Michelle for giving us the details and keeping us up to speed on current legislation. However, the chaos is far from over with the second funnel week fast approaching on March 31st. So stay tuned for more episodes and more information from us. Thank you for listening.